0: and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au.
1: Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode.
0: Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective.
2: 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. As much as we are lied to that what is happening in Palestine is complicated, there is nothing complicated about it. Israel maintains a regime of apartheid, ethnic cleansing and occupation. None of these concepts are new. They have all existed in some form throughout history. This nation is founded on settler colonialism. Drawing parallels between our struggles doesn't only shed light on the commonality of different social justice issues, but it also shows us that as Palestinians, our freedom and liberation is so inherently intertwined with the freedom and liberation of so many others around the world.
1: 3CR Radio Time, community-powered radio.
2: To donate, call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at
1: 3cr.org.au.
0: Good morning, Rob. How are you?
1: No, so I'm very well. In and out, in and out, in and out of lockdown, but we're out. So, you know, that's fantastic news. How are you all, all lot going?
0: Well, we're doing okay here, buddy. We're doing okay. Now, we want to make sure you remind our listeners next Saturday, Rob and I will be live. It's Radiothon. So all of our listeners, please make sure you call in next week and donate. Subscribe to the radio station. We need to raise $250,000 to keep the radio station on air.
1: Is that just our show, Nasser?
0: No, no, we don't need to raise that much, but we do need to raise $2,500. So if you're one of our listeners, call in next week, you'll be able to speak to Rob and I live. We're doing a talkback episode, so you'll get a chance to come on air, tell us how wonderful you think the show is. But for every second you're on the air, we're going to expect something like 10 or 20 bucks. So,
1: I think people need to just be reminded too that it's not that easy to talk about uh, Palestine freely. And 3CR give us the platform and the opportunity, so we have to continue to do it. Yusuf started it 13 years ago and did it on his own. for you know. So shout out to Yusuf uh and look forward to speaking to everyone live next week fantastic rob
0: now we are joined again by our palestine remembered official correspondent in jerusalem adnan how how are you
3: i'm great and especially that i'm now under uh, the beautiful sun on you in australia yeah rub it in brother rub it in we're
1: cold here i mean everyone can't see what i'm wearing but i have a beanie on i'm growing a beard and i have a, a bathrobe on so fantastic thanks for that enjoy the sunshine yeah so sad <laughs> A
0: little bit too much information, but thanks. I then we were speaking before about, you know, before we came on air about it, winter here and summer there. The reality is we're we're living a normal life. You're in Jerusalem. So whilst the sun might be shining, in fact, Jerusalem is crying. Can you give us an update on Jerusalem since we last spoke?
3: Sadly, people usually say the sun is shining as a metaphor, but I'm saying it literally because we have a good weather. But when it comes to the metaphorical aspect, we are living in a pure hell. Because after I made that episode with you guys, uh, two days later, the gates of hell were opened on all the Palestinians, starting from the excessive escalation of the brutality by the occupation forces against Palestinians in Jerusalem that you all witnessed in Laila al-Qadr in the holiest day of Ramadan, and then continued with the war on Gaza. And then we... uh, faced a whole new level, a whole new chapter of this uh, situation, which is the armed Zionist gangs who were killing Palestinians only because they are Arabs, as they call us. And, uh, and it's, it's still, it's still nothing was solved. The ceasefire is only about Gaza. And we are still facing the same brutality, the same threats. And uh, it's only, we are on the edge of a new, let's call it, uh, uh, disaster. Because I can see how things are boiling.
1: Tell us what, because you said that, you know, afterwards, two days after we were on the show, things, you know, the floodgates opened. Just tell us, what are the floodgates? What, what does that look like for a Palestinian in
3: Jerusalem? Let me tell you how does it look like for other the Palestinians in general. Like, we all grew up on our uh, grandparents' stories about al-Nakba, and we were given that inherited trauma of al-Nakba. Then when you face that trauma that you were taught about in a real situation, when their words are translated and embodied in the Israeli occupation's actions, it was a major wake-up call for each Palestinian in Palestine, in addition to the Palestinians of diaspora, in addition to anyone who believes in the basic human rights. So what the Zionist gangs, the way they started terrorizing us, especially at Remli. Uh, this just provoked our inherited drama of uh, trauma of al Like this equals the Jewish trauma of the Holocaust. They keep just whining about it and they are uh, thankfully do not face any new uh, fascist systems like Nazis. But we are facing our biggest trauma, our biggest fear in uh, live and stereo as they call it. And that's why you see uh, us united more than ever before because now we know that we have only one enemy and they are fighting only one identity. So their attacks against us somehow unites us which is the only good aspect about the situation. Well the reality though is that since
0: the ceasefire and we say it was a ceasefire but it's not a cease occupation or a cease house demolition or a cease on the continual ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians. Since then They've arrested thousands of Palestinians inside 48, and even last night went into Jenin and killed three young men.
3: Yes, because they want to set the score. That's how literally said it. And while setting the score, the investigations uh, showed that the one who was, the Israeli one who was killed in Ramla, was killed by another Zionist gang that thought that he was an Arab. So you are setting the score with the wrong people at the, at the beginning. Still, they want to teach us a lesson about... They don't want to raise our voice. When it comes to them. Let's go to the most symbolic and uh, little details. Raising the flag of Palestine used to be like the ultimate... Um, it was illegal. Like, let's call it, it's completely illegal. It's just, it, it, just... Just while you're
1: just talking about the flags, when I remember walking down Jerusalem in the old uh, the old city. That, you know, I was going down the, um, the, the Palestinian side, the Arab side, and I only saw Israeli flags. I could buy a flag or a T-shirt, the T-shirt I put on, the kefir I put on that I bought in the shop, and I was practically arrested for wearing them. They asked what I was doing, where I was going, where I got this from. But I could see the Israeli yes. flags everywhere, even in the Palestinian areas. And that threw me completely as a real showing of strength to say, we will put our flags wherever. How dare you? Don't you put up your own?
3: It's, it's completely illegal because, especially here in Jerusalem, it's like the ultimate forbidden thing to raise the Palestinian flag. because it, And also it makes them super crazy. It's like when you raise a red flag to the nooks. Uh, that's how what happens when you raise the flag here in, in front of them. But let me tell you my theory about that. Anyone who comes to Jerusalem, especially the old city, you enjoy the Palestinian food, you enjoy the Palestinian people, you only sense the Palestinian vibes. So the city speaks its own identity. So they need the Israeli flag in order just to remind people that this place is an Israeli one. But it's not working. Like even you, Robert, you came here and you saw how the city speaks for itself.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: That's why they don't want us to, to confirm this identity somehow with our flag. You can sense the vibes. You can sense that there is something. Yeah, I, I remember one day when I was walking down with a Palestinian uh, T-shirt on.
2: And
1: I, this was, I was a bit naive. I didn't realize the gravity of uh, wearing it. I had a whole lot of you know, Palestinians coming up and you know, tapping me on the back and saying, thanks very much. How good is this? And then I asked somebody, I said, you know what? What's with this? And they said, well, if they wore them, they'd get arrested immediately so I didn't realize that, I mean, it's, it's so in your face, the fascism, the racism. And it, you, you can't miss it. You cannot miss it when you're in Jerusalem.
3: Exactly. That's why many people greeted you, because we feel like it's a huge victory to have the Palestinian flag shown on the allies of Jerusalem. Yeah. But lately, we have been raising it all the time. We are driving them crazy as much as we could. It's like about, uh, we exist, it's a message for them.
0: And then... We saw all over the world the arrests of Muna and Mohammed al Kurd. There was a huge, well, I think a Twitter storm and Facebook. It certainly was all over my social media feeds. Just people jumping up and down. They're both released within a day, which
3: is very rare, as you know. What's going on there? To start with, it's very stupid how the Israeli government arrested two of the most outstanding persons during this international, uh, let's call it trend about Palestine. Uh, and we over were like, what the f*** is wrong with this government? Why would they arrest these significant two? Yeah. Uh, but w- what we done uh, when, when we saw who, uh, Mona was taken and her brother, we uh, divided ourselves to two teams. The first team is the electronic one to create this online pressure. And the second one who are the people on the ground, including me, we did not leave the doorstep of the detention center here in Jerusalem, or so- the so-called police station. We kept standing there in order to show them that we will never leave unless you let Muna and her brother out. In addition, I believe they give them charges, very heavy political charges like incitement and threatening the national security of Israel. So these two charges, charges are not something simple to let them leave in the, at the same day. But that's why I believe that there is a sensible Israeli voice that told them to let them out in order to avoid this mass uh, social media support of them.
0: We saw the images of their father sitting on the steps, not going anywhere, and it was really, really heartwarming to hear him speak afterwards. But the slogan "Lan narhal it's you know really yes very strong.
3: Their, their father at start with they are twins, you know, so he lost his twin, and one day he he was in pure agony. I was next to him all the time. He was just very worried, very living in a great tension, especially after he was told that his son his son and his daughter were accused of incitement and threatening the national security. He was like, "Why would they seen as terrorists only for demanding their basic human rights of existence and uh, staying in their own houses? So I'm just so glad that I witnessed his happiness when Muhammad and muna were out. His soul returned to his body, literally.
0: Yeah, fantastic. We should just say, you know, Narhal is Arabic for we're not leaving. And this is for so many Palestinians. We were saying before about the trauma, Adnan. We live that trauma from from dad's, stories. You have lived it through your grandfather and parents' stories of Nakba and Naksa. The Israelis, they haven't realized that we're not going anywhere. For them to get the land without the Palestinians, a war is not going to suffice. They're going to have to actually kill all of us. We're not going anywhere. Being that what has happened, and this is the, something that's so inspirational to Palestinians all over the world, is the unification of 48 Palestinians, unification of Gazan Palestinians, unification of Jerusalem Palestinians, West Bank Palestinians, and all of the refugees and internationally. This is not something done through the the PA or the PLO, but a a movement of unity throughout Palestine.
3: Yes, it's the best thing that I've ever done because I always said that the Palestinians who are in the diaspora are are as much responsible as us. Why only we are the ones who are fighting? Why only we are the ones who are under direct fire? And you guys have the language, you guys have the connections, in addition to the stable um, living situations. So I always felt uh, that I should make them feel responsible to speak up about our situation. And finally, they did, which brought the international solidarity. And especially, I just want to thank the Hadid family. They are the best when it comes to raising awareness. Muhammad, Hadid, Bella, and Gigi, the three of them, inherited their father's trauma of al-Nakba, like all of us. And now with the social media impact, we could uh, deliver this situation, this horrible situation, because 2021 mirrors 1948, believe me, as someone, as a Palestinian on the ground, it mirrors al-Nakba. We have relived it again. So through social media, through our simple uh, videos and stories, We could trigger that trauma in every Palestinian refugee, including the Hadiths, and they could not uh, but talk about the situation. And especially that their father, Muhammad Hadith, posted the stuff while uh, he's crying and so on, because it was very heavy and uh, they felt obliged to speak up for the sake of their father in addition to the sake of their people. I just wanted
1: to mention that Muhammad El-Kurd has been studying in America and the, the braveness of him, he returns back to front all of this, as all Palestinians do. They won't hide. The blood is stronger than anything else for the land. But he's building himself quite a successful time in America that goes between the two places, which is fantastic. So his voice is really going to go far.
0: I don't think he'll be leaving Palestine anytime soon. Not
1: for a while, mate, no.
0: On top of Sheikh Sharah, we should make mention to our listeners the reality of the expulsions, the fabricated expulsions that are uh, endeavouring to occur in Sheikh Jarrah. Also in Salwan, there's 1500 demolition orders that the Israelis have put in there. This is not just isolated to Sheikh Jarrah.
3: Yes, it's not. A, um, a Jewish, let me tell you something. Um, they blocked the whole neighborhood. And and if you are not Jewish, if you don't wear kappa, if you don't have this Jewish look, you will not be uh, given the access to the neighborhood. And that's why many Palestinians gather on its doors, waiting for any uh, chance for them to get inside to support the people. So while Palestinians are gathered, Jews come, boasting around, walking like divas, and entering, with, with, and they have that look on their face, that sick look, like, look, I'm Jewish, I can enter. So now we are uh, spoon-fed the Jewish supremacy, and this apartheid and... It's just super annoying. I, I, I went there because I'm on crutches. I cannot uh, always face uh, clashes. So I went one time and I felt like my blood was boiling. How Jews can enter freely only because they are Jews. And the ones who live inside, like Muna Ad-Muhammad, still are being harassed by the Israeli forces. And they are stopped to be checked for their IDs. While in fact, they know them by heart. That's super annoying.
1: I got footage of it a few years ago where I asked the um, the young Jewish kids if they'd spoken to a Palestinian before and they said, why would I do that? They're terrorists. Uh, and this was during that exact thing. The Palestinians were locked in their houses. Well, not locked, but told they couldn't leave. While all of these Israeli kids were running around, you know, like, look at us, look at us, exactly everything you said. A horrific sight, you know, quite scary. But it's, you know, the next generation.
3: Yes. Yes, it's the just the, the constant dehumanization of us so by dehumanizing us uh, in the eyes of their kids their kids will end up uh, carrying rifles and pistols because the military service is uh, compulsory in addition that they have the authority to hold these pistols and rifles so they don't see you as a human you are just something replaceable and even disposable yeah that's what the scariest thing about the latest attacks by the zionist gangs against palestinians that's what uh, provoked the inherited trauma. That's what made us understand why our grandfathers and the grandmothers flee, flee, uh, fled the country due to their fear from the, the Zionist gangs. They started marking houses at Yafa. They brought a lot of bottle and uh, threw it from a window and burned the whole family. Luckily, they are all alive. But the boy, uh, his face melted, and people started questioning where, where can we go? So now I understood how our grandfather's parents and the Palestinians who fled the country, what were they exactly facing?
0: How felt. So coming back to Silwan, Adnan, during, during the week, the uh, Jerusalem municipality issued a demolition order said to the people, the residents there, you've got 21 days to knock down your house at your own expense, or we're going to knock it down and you'll have to pay for the cost.
3: Yes, it's not something new, but I, I, I'm just... They are doing this, doing it on purpose in order to intimidate people. Imagine that you will have pay at least ninety five thousand shekel as a fees as fees for the demolition. If it was held by the Israeli occupation, and for us even it's hard for us to make money here, like any other average Israeli citizen. So you will have to bring that hammer and destroy your house.
0: Aside from the actual financial cost just the barbarity of a municipality because they want to build a park there. These are people's homes. They've lived in there for decades.
1: Am I correct in saying in Silwan they're also digging up archaeologically uh, and basically making up stuff that they've found? Is that That's pretty close to, next to Silwan?
0: So they're certainly digging underneath Silwan. They're digging underneath the tunnels, et cetera. Um, and, you know, depending on who you listen to or read, they have various different types of... Uh, artifacts that they found I think they're still looking for substantive proof but anyway irrespective the reality is they're human beings living there
3: now.
1: You know, it's damaging the homes too which they you know doesn't bother them.
3: Yeah that was a long uh, that was a while ago but now they just directly want they want our houses and our spaces of living. Uh, they used to just uh, have this game of uh, digging under the ground in order to find They have been digging since 1976, and still till today they did not find any remainings of their so-called temple mount. So why the hell are you keeping this up? While my friend's house next to Al-Aqsa had all of this uh, ground collapse in addition to the ceiling, and now they are living with a house that is filled with metal uh, bars to carry the ceiling Mm. to the floor. So, I mean, and that's how they systematically make you want to live here. They just keep putting you in this coercive, disgusting environment that makes you want to flee the country. But we are holding on to this land. But after they see our determination and uh, dedication of our cause and struggle, they They have nothing else but to come directly and tell you that I want to take your house. There is nothing else that, that, that they can do.
0: We've seen some journalists get banned. The Al Jazeera woman, the poor woman, had her arm broken by some uh, Israeli soldiers. When they attack, they swarm, you see, six or seven
1: soldiers onto one journalist. And then they gave her a 15-day ban too, don't they?
0: She's been banned for 15 days and have some Palestinians as well, men.
3: Yes, um, they want to start a war that they will never win it because, let's, let's uh, for example, if you want to arrest the journalist of Al-Jazeera and the journalist of the Television al-Arabi and blah, 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 you have millions of activists, and in addition, you are in the social, in the era of social media. So, if an official, if if, <clears throat> if an official journalist will not take the footage, you have tons of other kids, literally kids, who are filming you and will post your videos. So that's why how they are trying to uh, intimidate us by, um, for example, that ar- the way they arrested Mona and Mohammed. it was a message for other Palestinian activists and journalists, journalists, that we can literally put you in a shithole if you keep up talking about the situation. Because what was Mona's fault and Mohammed except for filming the assault of the Israeli occupation on their houses. So they are trying just to silence us, but still this is an endless storm. We will not. We will never be- They were looking
1: to make it illegal to film soldiers. I remember that was a few years ago. Has that gone through? Yeah,
3: yes, they did. They did like this these two weeks, if any soldier is being filmed at Damascus gate or anywhere else, you will be arrested and your home, and your phone will be taken. And it's completely illegal for the Israeli law, between two quotations. We have the right to film anything on public spaces, but they want to stop this.
1: I mean, that, That's when you really, you just, I mean, there's just so many things that Israel does. To say that, look, you can't film us either. I mean, it just shows that you're just, you know, completely doing the, the wrong thing. And all the news, the propaganda that you put out there is fabricated and,
3: but also they are doing this at the same time while Facebook and Instagram are censoring our um, content, which shows that they are both working together undoubtedly because
1: can't they can't keep it. There's too much coming out though, isn't it? They can't stop everything.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Still, the censorship is disgusting. We all, me and my friends and every activist on Instagram, can see how when you post anything about Palestine or yeah. Israel. You will see the views will cut to the half, and they will be marked as sensitive content, and the reach will die. And when you put, when you post a skin routine, makeup routine, or LGBTQ plus uh, content, it will have this normal interaction.
0: What's the mood like in Jerusalem? And then with Benjamin Netanyahu only has a couple of days to go, and if Tali Bennett coming in, what's the mood like?
3: Tension, extreme tension. It's it's going crazier because. Um, Netanyahu wants to keep his self in the rain. So he's trying his best to um, to create a mess. So, like, for example, the, the, the unification of Jerusalem, which is a gathering, a Zionist gathering that aims to provoke the Palestinians of Jerusalem to show that the ultimate sovereignty is for Zionists, is the thing that started the war with Gaza a, weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. And now they want to do it again on this Tuesday. So Netanyahu pushed the decision of making this gathering because he says that it's essential and important. While the new one, Bennett, and many other ones from the security defense forces uh, advised him to stop this uh, constant provoking of the Palestinians in Jerusalem, but he could manage to have this uh, unification of Jerusalem soon, which we believe that will uh, put the situation on fire again, which is the mess that Netanyahu wants to create.
0: And then we've only got a few more minutes to go. What do you want people to do? What's the best thing they can do to help support you and all of the residents of Sheikh Jarrah, of Silwan, the Palestinians? What can we do? What, what do you want them to do?
3: Uh, I just want them to just compare our Palestinian so-called narrative about the, the Israeli occupation With our current situation on the ground, this what's happening now is only a window for the past that shows how the Israeli occupation really started. So if you want to condemn what's happening now, you will automatically condemn the whole occupation. And and that's the... In addition, I don't want them to stop talking about Palestine because it was like a wave and now it started coming down. No, it's not a wave. It's not just a specific event that happened and we all were like, no, we should stop this. And then life went on. No. Uh, The ones of Gaza are still dying due to the latest attack. Uh, The Palestinians of Jerusalem are still under the same fire brutality, in addition to the excessive violence by the Israeli occupation forces. And in the West Bank, you just saw how today three Palestinian men were killed by the Israeli occupation forces. So it's not only uh, a passing by event that you need to talk about. It's just um, a long way to seek our freedom from these tyrant uh, entities so we need them to keep up speaking about the situation and don't fall for the Zionist propaganda in addition to not to normalize talking about palestine uh, saying that the Israeli occupation is an apartheid state should be as a new normal of the conversations and to end that awkward sense when you talk about the Palestinian situation, because the, that there was always that awkwardness when they talk about us. But now there is no need to feel that awkwardness since you have all the videos and the facts stated among social media and the media in general. So I hope that they will normalize uh, seeing us as humans.
0: Thank you so much very much, Adnan. We should remind our listeners, whilst there is an alleged ceasefire Just during the week, we had a young Palestinian playing uh, near his home. He was killed by an unexploded ordinance from the Israelis had left behind. So the ceasefire hasn't meant the ceasing of killing of Palestinians. It hasn't meant the cessation of violence against the Palestinians or the cessation of occupation against the Palestinians. So we need your advocacy. We need you to speak to your friends, to write to your parliamentarians, to join our rallies, to join APAN. Um, Do everything you can because the Palestinian people need you now more than ever. And one of the things we've spoken about, we spoke about it last week as well. Israel is killing one Palestinian an hour, which they did for 260 hours uh, a couple of weeks ago. They've gone back to situation normal, which is killing two Palestinians a week. We can't allow for our activism and our solidarity with the Palestinian people to die down. Thanks, Hadnan. Lovely to speak to you again, brother.
3: Thank you, Habib, for having me today.
0: Yeah, and congratulations on your promotion to official Palestine-remembered Jerusalem correspondent.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much. That's awesome. (laughs)
1: We'll see you in a few weeks because now now you're official.
0: I'm afraid our budget doesn't extend to anything but, you know, an air high five, (laughs) so we'll give you a virtual high five over the air. Look after yourself, brother, and please, listeners, stay tuned. Next week, Radiothon, please call in and speak to Robert, and I will look forward to speaking to you. We need your support. We need 3CR to stay on air. And we can't do it without you, our listeners. Remember, there's never been a better time for free Palestine.
2: 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. As much as we are lied to that what is happening in Palestine is complicated, there is nothing complicated about it. Israel maintains a regime of apartheid, ethnic cleansing and occupation. None of these concepts are new. They have all existed in some form throughout history. This nation is founded on settler colonialism. Drawing parallels between our struggles doesn't only shed light on the commonality of different social justice issues, but it also shows us that as Palestinians, our freedom and liberation is so inherently intertwined with the freedom and liberation of so many others around the world.
1: 3CR Radio Time, community-powered radio.
2: To donate, call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au.